Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. But up, but up, up, up. Hollywood's Oscar night. And this year, they're not so white. So crap those hashtags for films that are goat. Because every Twitter user can vote. Hollywood's Oscar night. 13 nods for four delights. Don't bait or be a tease. Tell us who's one if you please. All right, everyone. Welcome to another installment of Talking Musical History, TMH, the podcast that looks at musicals through the inclusive lens of our story. Well, I know we totally, totally promised uh, West Side Story would be the next episode. We totally did. And uh, you know, and that will be coming shortly. We saw some really awesome uh, musicals in 2021, and we kind of wanted to talk about that. We are definitely talking about West Side Story because it's part of that group, but it, I thought it was really interesting to find out. It's Oscar time. It is Oscar time. This session, we will be covering the 2022 Oscars. And uh, hi, I'm Chris. And I'm Kevin. And with us, we have a very special guest. Back with us again, the incomparable. Fabulous. Magnificent. Nicole. Stellar introduction, and I would love to live up to it someday. Oh, Thank you, you so live much. up to it every day you join us on the microphone, and well, we appreciate I, you. I appreciate that I keep getting invited. You know, going through all these thoughts around West Side Story, and I uh, discovered really something interesting and awesome. Musicals in the 2022 uh, Academy Awards, musicals hold 13 nods, right, for, between four different musicals. And I think that's actually like something notable because that hasn't happened for like a very long time. Has it ever happened? No, the four different musical part, I'm not sure because I haven't gone that far back. But if you're talking about like 1930s, 1940s, early periods where musicals is what everyone made. We're kind of the thing you know, because, wow, we've got sound. We should do something. Let's all sing. What do you say, Joe? We ought to do something with the sound thing, hey? Let's, let's do a talking and a singing and dancing. <laughs> gotta put on a show here. Make yeah. Give the people their money. Yeah, you gotta let like show off that powerful microphone. Hey, now I get why they sing Gotta Dance, because... Are you talking about the Gene Kelly? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Moving on. Uh, West Side Story is getting seven nominations. That would be Steven Spielberg and Krista Makowska-Krieger uh, for producers in Best Picture, Steven Spielberg for directing, Ariana DeBose, actress in a supporting role, Janice Kaminsky, the cinematographer. I love that the name Janice is in there. Like, isn't Janice... The God, the Twin Heads. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I love Isn't it. Isn't that crazy? I love that. 
Toddy Maitland, Gary Rydstrom, Brian Chimney, Andy Nelson, and Sean Murphy for sound. And for uh, overall production design, you had Adam Stockhausen for set direction, Rena D'Angelo for her production design, and Paul Tazewell for costume design. So seven in total West Side Story nods for an Academy Award. Janice deserves Oh my God, it was brilliant. I mean, there are so many white people behind this production. (laughs) (laughs) Stop it. But this time they were white people who cared about the thoughts of the people of color whom they were representing. I love it. I thought that movie was just beautiful. I know we're not getting into it yet. I'm just talking about it. Encanto got three. Uh, most notable, the Lin-Manuel's song, uh, music and lyrics for Dos Oreguitas. Dos Oreguitas. The original yeah, score was cool. Jermaine Franco. I just heard about this yesterday, about them including this in the performances. They actually chose this before the movie came out because it's the best movie or the best song in the in the film. But everybody's talking about Bruno. Right? They chose that well, but they chose that song before the movie came out, before they knew that they didn't know that Bruno was gonna be a hit. They chose that because it is, in terms of the storyline, the best song in the show. No, no, no. It's a beautiful song. And uh, but that's why that one's being performed at the, at the Oscars. They chose that months ago, you know, and then Bruno became the the runaway hit. You know, you I would have expected them to just come with Bruno, but no, this was chosen long before that. I just thought that was interesting. That's fair. Yeah. Well, there is a bit of politics that goes wrong with all of this too. I mean, it kind of makes sense because like there has to be like a whole voting pool of those that are eligible, like a part of different. Uh, unions within Hollywood. I'm literally just talking about the songs that are being performed. No, 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 I know, but like that's like one influences the other, like because they vote for who goes there and they sort of like set up, like there's a smaller sect of them that runs it. But this song is beautiful though, but they should probably like have it go into Don't Talk About Bruno, but they can't because it's not the one that's nominated. So, Dos Oroquitas, we don't talk about Bruno. You know, I don't know the full process. All I'm saying is that the submissions for broadcast of the Oscars happened well before the album was released. And so that it had less to do with popular popularity or popular culture than it did with its fit to the to the to the film, you know? Because popular culture tells me that that's the one that they would be performing and I would almost be mad if I didn't know this ahead of time how they did it. I mean it'd be like going to see Celine Dion and then she says, Thank you, good night without singing with all my what's that song from the damn Titanic movie? My my heart will go on. Right? <laughs> it would be like going to see her sing, and then she says, All right, that's my third encore. Good night, without singing that song. You know what I mean? Anyway. Well, she'll do anything for love, but she won't do that. Oh, now I want meatloaf. And I am telling you. That's not the right song. <laughs> tick, tick, boom got two nods with Andrew Garfield in uh, the leading role of Jonathan Larson and uh, Myron Kirstein and Andrew. Weisblum for uh, editing and uh, Cyrano, which I admit I have not seen. It's the only musical that's uh, nominated for an Oscar that I have not seen uh, with Peter Dinklage, but it is getting uh, a costume design Oscar nod. Massimo Cantini Perini and Jacqueline Duran. Academy Awards are on the 94th of uh, the 94th Academy Awards. The 94th day of Smart. Smart. <laughs> I love that. Smart. Lousy Smart weather. Actually, since 2019 with the pandemic this is what day 970 something day 977 on the pandemic that's the 977th of of 2019 the 94th academy awards are coming up on sunday march 27th at 8 p.m eastern i'm 
I'm just saying back when I was there for the awards. Ooh, tell us more about it, Nicole. No, seriously, it was so much fun. Um, especially, you know, uh, you would have to leave your car like somewhere, get on a bus. Then they checked the bus for bombs. Did they think they would find cats under the bus? That's a bomb. Yeah, and then they take us to a place to be checked in for the venue. I actually got to work the red carpet. The year of Dictator. Oh, Dictator. I remember that so, film. So he walked the red carpet in costume and he had these like, you know, two models with him that were like scantily clad. He did a whole performance. The red carpet is literally a performance. I was at the end of the red carpet handing out champagne as people. So I handed J-Lo her champagne. Nice work handed, if you can get but it. But here's, here's the best part was like, you know, I got there. So I was actually supposed to be supporting lunch for the people who were behind the scenes. The catering company that we were working for, they said, oh, you must be here to get your red carpet credentials and i said yes <laughs> why yes i yes, am <laughs> yes i am they gave me red carpet credentials i was just like go 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 to take us down to where we were supposed to be and when we got there you know the person that i, I that i was supposed to be assigned to said oh you're not on my list and i just said huh and she said well that's probably be- they probably sent me because they knew i'd need extra people i was like <laughs> Right? So that's how I ended up on the red carpet that day. I was supposed to be somewhere else, and it was just the most fabulous night. Oh, wow. That is amazing. That, it was so much fun. Fabulous twist of fate. My job that day was to, to hand out glasses of champagne. Just wanted to kind of point out the drought of musicals at the Oscars. Early on, obviously, and we've mentioned this in previous podcasts, you know, where, you know, 1930s, 1940s, 1950s, like uh, you find a ridiculous, a chorus line crap ton of musicals. I still don't think I look for the musicals coming out this year. You know what I mean? Well, no one really does. No, I'm just saying I feel like it's still an anomaly in my lifetime versus like what you were saying where earlier it was kind of expected. In my lifetime, if it's a musical, it's probably going to be animated and I'm not, you know, and I don't think of it. Um, But when it comes to the ones that do get nominated um, that aren't animated, even the ones that are animated, I'm not not dismissing them. Yeah, because Aladdin. I feel like, and maybe it's because of the studios like Pixar, I feel like perhaps there's been an elevation plus in popular culture culture, you know, you have Glee became something that people looked forward to. Millions of people looked forward to. Right. And now we have like Zoe's Extraordinary Playlist and High School Musical as a movie. As a TV show. Even American Idol. The Voice. Whereas like did, did you do you remember Cop Rock? Cop Rock? No, nobody remembers Cop Rock. I wanted Cop Rock to work. Yeah. That was a television show. It was supposed to be like Hill Street Blues, but with music. Of the films that have been nominated for this Academy Awards season, I have seen and love West Side Story, and we will be talking about that in Kanto. It's amazing. Uh, a solid musical, definitely. And Lynn Manuel, uh oh you can God. feel his influence yes. in the musical. Uh did you see Encanto? No, I haven't seen it. Yet quality has shifted, and then you've got people who are savvy enough about the mediums these days. Look at something like Tick Tick Boom. Yes, who'd have thought that anybody would bring Tick Tick Boom back? Except Lin Manuel had a relationship with, with Jonathan Larson. Not like a, a close relationship, but he played his part in Tick Tick Boom. Ridiculous amount of love. You could feel it yeah. pouring out of the piece. It's it made me cry. Right. It made me cry. He took care of 
the material and presented something that with so much love. This is something that if anybody says that they like Rent, they are a huge Rent fan and will not see Tick, Tick, Boom. They are a liar. See the connections of the piece to Rent. Right. So like, it, like all the from... elements of uh, of Tick, Tick, Boom, you can see like, oh, this is where he was thinking about this part in Rent. And oh, this is where he was thinking about this part in Rent. Like, it's, it's, it's awesome. I'm not trying to give them excuses for not seeing it because you're right. Everyone should see it. That said, I understand if you like Rent and you think you don't like this kind of musical that you think Tick, Tick, Boom is, you need to see Tick, Tick, Boom because you will understand Rent better. Jimmy Kimmel likes Tick, Tick, Boom. Well, of course. Jimmy Kimmel is actually... And, and appreciates musical theater from what I understand. Yeah, but he, he he's usually aiming for the lowbrow sort of thing. I'm actually surprised at where he's gone considering, you know, back then and he proved that he's something more. Someone who understands culture and art and celebrates it. Going back to Lin-Manuel and his love, I feel like that's the same reason that Encanto is up there because once again, that man does nothing but pour his love into everything, into everything, that everything he, he does. does. Yeah. I mean, uh, Andrew Garfield was uh, very grateful and gracious with his patience and caring. Like, that's amazing. You know, like being that support that helps uplift the art form. The other film that is nominated Coda that isn't technically a musical. But it has a musical term in the name. But it 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 kind of some people could I wanted to bring it up. I do believe legitimately that you could have a musical without singing that has ASL gestures that well, are no, to no, the rhythm like, of the music. So it's about Like I would think that I would consider that a musical. Well, right, that's what I'm saying. It's kind of like a musical because it reminds me a lot of Mr. Holland's opus. It's a musician chronicle, not a musical. You know, the girl does sing. There is singing in Coda. It's about a girl from a deaf family that loves to sing and goes against her family's wishes to sing. Wow. It's sort of like a, a dirty dancing for the deaf? Kind of. Are you saying that it walks the line of being a musical? It walks the line of, the line of being a musical, so you're saying, like Mr. Holland. I see that it's not a musical. Even though those songs aren't about their feelings in particular, it does drive the story. Correct. In that way, you feel it is like... A musical in structure. Yeah, and it kind of makes it the earliest form of deaf musical. Okay, I'll give it to you. We've seen, we, now yeah, we've, no, we did see a little bit of clips yeah, of Cyrano. Yeah, we saw Cyrano. some clips of Cyrano. I've heard things about Cyrano. I've heard interviews of the actors in Cyrano. Um, this was the first time I've seen the visuals of the musical numbers in Cyrano. I, like you, thought it was just another representation of Yeah, I thought it was just going to be like a... And then when I heard that there was music in it, I thought, oh, some, there's some singing. singing. Right. For whatever reason, even though I heard that in the interview, I didn't think it was a musical. Yeah, no, I, it was a hidden musical. Until I saw it. No I, knew it was, no, I knew it was a musical, but I did not realize that that was a version that they were putting on film. Or a version of. I thought it was like just the story updated with a little bit of music for fun. Once again, these are people who care about each other and cared about a story that they put together, right? And they got Peter Dinklage, who mm-hmm. is amazing, you know, is just amazing in general, right? And so they and they took the physical representation of you know quote unquote beauty and put it in his stature rather than on his face. The director fills the screen with a lot of 
visuals. Like, I was really impressed with the little bit of dancing we saw. It is very modern. It reminded me, again, I'm going to refer to Baz Luhrmann's uh, Romeo and Juliet. Yeah, yeah I can uh, totally yeah. see that. I can see that, definitely. Uh, it's not as flashy as it, it's, it's but the, the feeling of it. It's the feeling of the, uh, the anachronistic dancing, even though the dancing seems to fit more with where the period is. Yeah, Baz Luhrmann, it was definitely like, you know, a little bit of a mix of the culture of the moment. This was like, it felt more modern. That's why I asked you, I said, what period is this that I'm watching? But it was also just very beautiful seeing uh, what was the, the song that we were watching. Yeah, Someone to Say, right? The choreography was so lyrical and beautiful and it was all men. This man singing about his love. With the, the sword fighting and, and the, the, yes, the fencing. And the men were crossing swords. Yes. I'm not saying it was gay. Uh-huh. I'm just saying there was sword crossing. That said, there was something very feminine, soft, supremely enchanting about the choreography and its its lyricism that I really appreciated. I wasn't I wasn't expecting. It's a beautiful visual. A beautiful piece to to watch. Uh, I will definitely have to check out the the musical. I know people have asked me what uh, I've thought about it. So I'm just gonna go ahead and say it. I was surprised that Christian. I didn't know he was black. Until just now when we saw it, I didn't know that the actor was black. And then um, a lot of the men in dance sequence were of many different cultures. Oh, yeah. You know, so I love modernization. It felt very Hamilton in that aspect. I think it's interesting. Should I be with this black man or should I be with this Peter? Like, it, it seems like, what is what is it trying Short to say? white guy, you know. Neither. Well, I don't know. I have to see the show. I shouldn't. I, 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 we I shouldn't don't have to see it. Yeah. Peter Dinklage is the only one with a known visual representation of what people think someone might not want to be with, with the obvious prejudice. The fact that Christian is black is pinging on my personal experience right, right. as a person of this century. I don't know that the character is experiencing that in the film. Yeah, we're, we're we making a lot compare. of speculations here. Yeah. So. Yeah. The two, like, you know, is it with the black man or with the, this guy? It was like, definitely it was with beauty or with the, the guy who seems different. After this message, we'll be right back. We're back. Oh, yeah, we're back. We're back on the air. Well, and that leads us to, I think, talk about the last time at least three musicals were nominated for an Academy Award, and that was in 2018 with Beauty and the Beast for costume design for Jacqueline Duran, production design with Sarah Greenwood, set direction with Katie Spencer, and also from Disney, we have Coco as best animated feature. And of course, uh, The Greatest Showman as well for best original score. Like, I think a lot of people might say, oh, well, musicals are weak because of the gap of 2020 and 2019. But I would say, like, you know, uh, 2018 and 2017 even, right, with uh, Mm -hmm. La La Land basically, like, dominating... The yeah. universe. Obviously, they didn't get best picture, but they still like, they still swept a lot. Uh, you have Moana, which is incredible. Two nods of their own, and uh, of course, you can't forget Trolls, which I freaking love. Can't stop the feeling. Justin Timberlake did a brilliant job with Jacqueline that work. Durant. Jacqueline Duran. People have seen her work; they don't know that they've seen her work. You know, she did Batman. This one, the current Batman. The current, yeah. Like she did that. These are the people whose work you see and experience, and and it has everything to do with what. You you're looking at in a film. The statistic that several musicals were nominated is one thing, but what they're nominated for are not the things that the people care about. Typically, are looking for. They're not the main categories, and yet they are substantively some of the most important things. You know, she's actually more present in a lot of the things that we've seen and care.
care about, even if the thing isn't the thing that we care about. Well, and that's why they're being cut out of the main presentation for this Academy Award. Yeah, they're kind of cutting things for time. Even in general, though, like people, are you really listening? It's like the thing where your your eyes yeah glaze over. It's like or people say, "Oh, it's a good time to go to the bathroom." I think uh, editing is out. We love her work. We do love her work. Good luck, girl. People wonder how viable a business making a musical is. I I would say business is one thing, making a good project that connects people to what they're living in life that really like talks to them, speaks to them. That is what drives revenue. And even if it doesn't have an awesome opening night, it will live on on Netflix or Hulu or whatever else. And people will see it and then they will tell their kids about it. And their kids will probably see it because they saw it with their parents. Like if you, if the show is good, this is what happens. Yeah. I want my mom to see West Side Story since she introduced that to me when I was um, four years old or six years old. And likewise, because of my mom introducing me to West Side Story, I took her to see what the new West Side Story when it came out. And wait, aren't you black too? It's like all full circle. Little black boys introduced to West Side Story by their mamas. That's a it's a classic American tale. Right? Coming together. Five woo. As grown ass men to talk about the new West Side Story and their mamas. Yeah, no, I know. That, that, that we're in the same room together. I think that's kind of funny. Yeah. Well, and I think there was a big gap for a long time with nominating musicals. Dwindling of musicals. Obviously, like in the 70s, there weren't that many musicals. Uh, or the 80s or. Well, the 80s? Had... I mean, see, I mean, I don't know because I just remember the ones. That I saw. I don't know where where it was, um, but there was still musical stuff on television. You know, that was Hee Haw. That was Lawrence Welk. Lawrence Welk brought musical theater. Uh, Carol Burnett oh, show. Oh, yeah, totally. Um, yeah, no, there were places where it was in culture, but not on film, you know, but I think of Saturday Night Fever. Like, what do you consider? Is that a musical? It was music driven. Yeah, not, that's not really a musical because there's no, like, a person singing a song about their wants and desires. Like, I think that has to be. Then they turned it into a jukebox musical. Yeah, yeah. Where they the songs from the film and made the characters sing. And that makes it a musical, definitely. But it, so it birthed the musical, and that does, you know, that's important, too. Okay, um, Hairspray. Oh, yeah, yeah. You know, but that's Hairspray nine, also that's birthed 90s. the musical, though. Uh, but going back to the 70s, there was Best Little Whorehouse in Texas. Well, uh, you have Cry Baby. 90s? 90, 1990. With a porn star, but that's besides the point. American Tale, Fievel Goes West. Yeah. Do not get me started. I will start crying. Somewhere... Out there. The Muppets Christmas Carol was in 92 with Aladdin. Yeah, but they weren't nominated. You're, well, you're talking about paucity in the um, nominations. I mean, like, uh, when, you, when you, like, look at the breakdown of years, like, you can definitely see a difference packed films that have music, like, like the 50s, the 40s, 30s, but when you, like, hit into, like, the 60s, there's not as many films here. But we're talking about nominations, right? No, we're talking about, like, musicals made. M- musical movies made. I feel like it To be able to get... I'm literally looking right now. Yeah, okay, great. Yeah. yeah. So, like, because... Uh, now I'm thinking back to the classes that I took. You know, there were there definitely. I mean, we know that they're I mean, out there. The Reese and the Wiz, obviously. Uh, the Muppet movies. Annie was in '82. All right, but yeah, but like we talked about, like them the original Stars Barn. We talked about them dropping off in the '50s, but then like when did they start picking up again? Like you know, we're talking like are we talking about stuff that Frank Sinatra did, Gene Kelly, um, Danny Kaye? Why weren't they? 
elevated to the status of, of nominations and the Oscars. Nomination. Yeah, yeah, definitely. The more we talk about it, the less I feel like there's a paucity and just more of an ignorance or lack of interest. I don't know now. I'm just wondering. There were less musicals made, and I don't think people were necessarily making those musicals with the best quality all the time. Well, and that's part of the reason I remember being super excited in high school when I in 90, 1997 when I saw Evita. Come to the big screen, and I was like, "Oh my god!" I, I, oh, they, they they took a chance on some unknown actress for that, right? You know, I mean, so, some girl from Michigan, desperately seeking Susan, my friend. Yeah, no, no, no. They got the good actress, not that one. Get in the groove, boy. Yeah, no, no you I got love to that prove song. your love to me. But who's the, who's the person who was in Evita? Madonna. What? Stop it! No, no, Get out of here. Okay. Let's talk about that. I expected to hate it. I expected, I wanted to love it, and I expected to hate it based on the films that I'd seen Madonna do before. I mean, for example, (laughs) Desperately Seeking Susan is one of my favorite films. Yeah. I love her in that movie. And uh, the whole thing with her running with a tiger down the street, like, that just gives me life. But that weird voice of hers in that movie, I don't know what that was about. And then some Yeah, her voice has changed so many times over the years. Well, you know, she keeps us guessing. Uh, That said, she did the work Mm -hmm. to deserve and to earn our respect and to earn that role because based on having seen her live a couple times before that movie came out I was not expecting her voice to be as strong as it was she did the work she did the work on her voice and the work as a musician that's when she started playing guitar she she really took started taking her music seriously and her voice seriously and I fucking loved that movie. I was surprised at how joyful I was. I let go of how much I was scared for her to fuck the role up and actually enjoyed the film. It was wonderful. I bought it. I bought the VHS as well. Oh, no, I meant I bought her role. Her performance. (laughs) I mean, I bought her performance in the role. Yeah. It's why they got Best Original Song for You Must Love Me. I mean, like, her performance of that was beautiful. Certainties disappear. Not to say that I would not have loved a Patty Lupone. I would oh my loved God! It. Yeah, but um, and and Madonna was a hot ingenue of the time and was probably just about to age out then even. But she still brought so much. She brought so much, and and that wasn't even her first mute. joy and fire into that role because she was relative to the music industry and what the way. Oh, oh my gosh! Do you remember? I don't know if any, either of you remember her performance on the Oscars. They were so cold to her. Oh my God! Yeah, and she was so nervous. She was almost like she didn't belong there. It was that was my feeling of the way they? I felt she was treated. I could be wrong. Art imitating life in a way, right? Well, that's what I'm saying. She, she yeah. brought all of that to her performance, and I loved that movie, Evita. And like, I remained reminded me of when she did Dick Tracy. I liked Dick yeah, Tracy. Yeah, Dick too. Tracy was. I liked right. Dick Tracy. It was just elevated to that gold standard of Weber. It was just I loved it. But then that what was that movie she did? Film noir. Truth or Dare. So is it Sex Lies and Video. It was a film noir thing where she was like she literally fucked her husband to death. Was it Willem Dafoe or was playing the detective who was trying to figure out whether or not she did it? I hated it. I wanted to like it so much and I hated you know, she she was trying to play that cold vixen sort of thing in the film and it just uh, Was it Body of Evidence? Body of Evidence. I hated that movie. Because I was thinking of the body. That makes sense. I'm sorry you hated it. No, no, you know what I mean? Like, that's what I'm saying. It was like, there were so many many performances like that that made me go, ah! 
Can she do this? And she did it. She did it. I remember seeing that and wanting to sound exactly like Madonna for that. That's really gay. Well, I was a lesbian at the time. You're near. I've lived 17 lives. Breathless Mahoney. Yes, from Dick Tracy. Yeah. I choreographed a number from that. Sooner or later. No. I saw the Blonde Ambition tour. Mm -hmm. That was um, Blonde Ambition. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Madonna, have you seen it? It's a great concert film to watch. Have you seen Truth or Dare? I have not. You were too young. I was too young. She was the pop goddess of the moment. It was like... Yeah, like Britney Spears. She was Beyonce. Oh, yeah. No, I remember that. Like, the fact that you thought that I was talking about that movie when I was talking about Body Body of Evidence, if you had seen the movie, you would so know the difference. Oh, 100%. It's literally a documentary moment. It was reality TV before reality TV. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Because that was before real world even, right? But yeah, you're right. You're right. You're right. It was supposed... it was pretty real world, but even Warren Beatty was like, when she was talking to her doctor about her voice, she had to cancel shows in New York. He's like, do you want to talk about this off camera? And Warren Beatty says, she's like, he said, why would you talk about anything off camera? Life doesn't happen off camera. If it doesn't happen on camera, it doesn't happen. It's not real. Like Warren Beatty says that. Like the fact that she got Warren, they got Warren Beatty in that film, you know? Madonna's definitely awesome. And uh, so was Evita. Dreamgirls was 2007. And I am telling you. I, I think I was still in Chicago when I saw Chicago. It was my first year in L.A. when I saw Dreamgirl. My first Christmas in L.A., my cousin and I were both there. We did Christmas dinner. We went to the beach because we both grew up in the Midwest and we're never used to, like, warm winters. And then we went to see Dreamgirls. 2002 was Chicago. Yeah, the world is changing and we are shifting in how we sort of imbibe media. But I think you're right, Nicole. I think that, like, musicals are showing up in random spaces, right? Like, we have commercials that seem like musicals. We watched one thing by Eric Andre, who had a musical section in his movie. I mean, don't even get started on commercials. Yeah. You know, there was a whole thing with The Gap. Where they're, like, doing all those 2000s. dances where it literally looks like musical theater. Jerome Robbins looking style. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. yeah. I, I guess it just it comes and goes. The AirPods had a ad where they're dancing like on the street and then the one person takes off one, puts it in the other ear. And they're kind of doing this, again, Jerome Robbins looking like inspired style. So I'm, I'm just going to throw it out here that you put A Sarge Born. Is that a musical? Because once again, according to your definition, those songs don't, songs are not necessarily, even though they're supposed to be songwriters, writing their own songs. Are they expressing their own? And isn't the original Stars Born a musical? Oh, they're all, they all have the thing. But I'm saying, but is it all a musical? Three. But it's, it's, like, it's like Mame, where they like took out a lot of things and made it less musical. No, no, Mame was a musical, though. No, I know, but they took like, out a lot of songs. No, I'm just, I'm asking, based on your definition, is that a, is that a you know, because we're no, no, you're debating right, about you're Coda. Right. Is A Star is Born a musical? I mean, if, if Coda can be in, then A Star right. is Born definitely deserves to be there. Yeah, right? Good luck, Coda. Yeah, but I, I would say in like in the last like uh, two decades, we've seen like a strong showing of musicals, bringing in a lot of interesting and diverse ideas are very different than the like, you know, Oklahomas and the Kiss Me Kates of the past. You know, we brought up Cop Rock. Coprock, yeah. Right? That failed just a few years before, more than a few, but still. Why did Glee work? That was many years after. I'm just saying, why why did it work? Like a high school Glee club. I'm grateful that it worked. Yeah. But it worked worked more for so many more audiences. Are you saying Glee worked because Coprock failed? I was surprised that anybody took the risk with Glee because Coprock failed. No, nobody wants to see that. No, no, but but I did. I too. <laughs> I loved it. But you're you're not wrong about that. There's a lot of variations on the idea of what a musical is, or even if it is an, a musical or is it an opera. A Star Is Born did actually start with 
a piece from a musical, a legit musical, Somewhere Over the Rainbow. That's the opening song that is heard. In which version? In the newest version in, with Lady Gaga. and. So is that a reference to the Judy Garland? I think uh, it is. Version of A Star is Born by playing her song? Do you guys feel like award shows are dying? I like the spectacle. I like, I don't care for the awards themselves so much as I appreciate the fact that it's a room full of people who really believe in what they're doing. I'd like to think. Obviously, there are a lot of them that are there that are very serious and are glad artists celebrating their craft. Able to like talk to other people that also work on projects because you know what? I bet you anything that like those people are networking. Remember I told you my story about how I ended up working the red carpet. Okay, fun story in and of itself. I've got lots of fun stories about the stupid things that I've seen or the amazing moments that created that were created in those moments that said i wasn't there so much for the star fucking as it was that i appreciated being in a room of people who are at the top of their industries the following year after the red carpet year i worked both the vanity fair dinner and the vanity fair party the winners came in and um you know the people at the dinner are previous winners so it's old hollywood don rickles (laughs) don rickles who hugged and kissed me. He was trying to give you a little Rickles. It was, they call me Mr. Tibbs. Uh, Sydney Portier. Sydney Portier. I saw Sydney Portier. I, Joan Collins and Valentino is in the room and he asks if somebody can turn the TV on. So somebody turns the TV on because it's a red carpet. He wants to watch. I watched Valentino watch his gown creations walk down the red carpet at the Oscars. Yeah, that, that was such a meta moment. And that's what I'm talking about. It was like, it wasn't just about being in the room with, you know, with Valentino. It was like, here's an artist watching his artwork walk down the carpet on someone whose artwork is being honored that night. It was like just so level, so meta level. I, so I enjoyed that aspect of awards, but in and of themselves, they can become bullshit. I get why people don't like them. I get why, you know, Oscar's so white yeah. because, you know, whose lens is valid right. versus whose lens isn't. I grew up in a family that always watched awards and married into one as well. I would honestly uh, give uh, feedback for the Oscars, right? Maybe viewership goes down because people don't see themselves represented in the Oscars and maybe when that does happen more they'll start to see more interest but I I do sort of support the idea of Twitter voting getting social media engagement is probably going to be very important for their survival it worked for MTV before that but does that validate no that that was your question right are the word the awards themselves a valid representation of what's out there or until they like start representing like more of the people it'll just feed itself well you better say the truth you better tell the truth no one wants to retweet nonsense unless they're a troll. Hashtag real. Uh, this has been another episode of Talking Musical History Podcast. I want to thank you all for uh, joining us. And yes, West Side Story will come. We promise it's coming. Something's coming, something good. I would like to thank Nicole for joining us again. Thank you so much. Danke Shaden. <laughs> and I'm Kevin. And I'm Chris. And we're Talking Musical History. And remember, folks, learn, learn from, from our story. But up, but up, up, up. Hollywood's Oscar night. And this year, they're not so white. So prep those hashtags for films that are goat. Cause every Twitter user can vote. Hollywood's Oscar night. 13 nods for four delights. Don't bait or be a tease. Tell us who won if you please. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, 
Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.